Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show. This is your host, Briston Rains. I'm the founder, owner, and Texas Division Race Director here at Texas Outlaw Running. This episode you're about to listen to is known as Shooting the Bull. Shooting the Bull episodes release every Monday, and we shoot the bull about running, fitness, and life itself. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a rating. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy this show of us shooting the bull. So, we just had... <clears throat> to cancel a race which sucked um i think that was the first race i've ever had to cancel in three years so that's not too bad yeah one race over the course of three years so you know um so i just want to talk a little bit about that though about like how that all went about because it was very unexpected (laughs) so I show up Wednesday and start course marking and Thursday morning it freaking downpoured for like an hour straight. Um, and I was waiting on Asher and Kinsey to come to help me course mark and set up. And I sent a text out to the park superintendent and I was just, and I just texted him and said, Hey, um, I'm out here hiking around. Cause I was out hiking out, checking out the trails I said, the trails look like they dry pretty quick. I said, if it does rain, the runners, can they still go on? Because I know some parks are particular about their trails and they don't want them to get damaged. And so that's more so what I was referring to when I asked them. Um, And then I get all these messages from a few different people sending me screenshots of what the park posted. And the park had posted that they were canceling all events for the weekend and all this. And at the time, it showed that it was supposed to lightning in the morning and rain all day for the race, the day of the race. So I, I figured we would just postpone the start times to an hour or two later, and we would just start at a later date after the lightning. That's kind of what I was thinking. So anyways, I got a text back from the park superintendent, and basically, he is very concerned about the safety of all the runners on wet trails. Which, you know, Asher and I were like, we're thinking trail runners. These are these are trail runners. If it's wet, muddy, raining, it's okay, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I guess from you know the perspective of a person who's not within that community, that they, they don't see that. So, anyways, so Asher finally comes and. It's just like on my mind. We have Team PT, which is great. We did a bunch of push-ups, squats, pull-ups on a tree. Um, we had Team PT with us three, Yasher and Kinsey. And then after that, we all sit in our hammocks around the camp. And I'm like, all right, listen, this is the breakdown here. And I start um, just discussing them what the superintendent has said, what dilemma we are in because I didn't want everyone to come race morning. We have to cancel and everyone drive all that way. And at the same time, I didn't want to cancel early because of what if it didn't rain on the day of, you know? And so basically I put it in the position to where I put it in the park's hands to where, cause they're the ones that are making it absolute to where if it rains, we have to cancel for whatever reason. Right. So I put it in their hands and I basically kind of put them in the corner and, and asked him in a way to where, hey, if it rains, are y'all really going to have us cancel the race? And the answer came out to be yes. 
and it is going to rain all day Saturday. It needs to be canceled. That's what we got. And it sucks because I know, like, if that was your A race, I know that that sucks because you've been putting in all this training over the past few months for this one race. And like Ash and I, we, we talked about this, like my A race is the hotter than hell hundred bike race in August. And if that got canceled, that would suck because I trained all summer for it. So I know exactly how, how it would feel from the runner's perspective. But at the same time, it's a learning thing too, because it's done something that I've never thought of. And it's to always have a backup race to where if something doesn't work out with this race, if it gets canceled, whatever, what other options do I have? Right. Yeah. You know? Um, so anyways, so after talking with park employees, we were basically told it was canceled. Like it was out of our hands. Like, like I did, I did want it to go on. I know it sucked for everybody if it was raining, but it was still, it still was possible for it to go on. Um, but I understand there's some safety uh, concerns, especially in the Bull Canyon area. I know the runners don't run right along the canyon edge, but they run pretty close. And I could see where, from the park staff's perspective, if someone got curious and walked over to the edge, how they could very well slip and fall or that part of the bull canyon could, could cave in out from under people looking over because they're like edges they're, they get soft and so there was there was just a numerous part uh safety issues and then there's just one part down in the canyon where it would have probably just been overflowed um probably up to your bottom of your knee maybe <clears throat> at, at most at most so yeah, so, I mean, it, it was pretty much out of our hands. Um, but, you know, I've seen races put on in rain. Like, we put on the backland in the rain for 12 hours straight. <laughs> so. Yeah, it all just depends on that, you know, what's the park authority coming down to. Um, yeah. Which, it was funny how you posed it to us. It was like, I mean, maybe not funny, but you posed it to us like, guys, we got to make this decision. Um, do we just wait for the park, like you said, to tell us, you know, what the deal is closer to race day, or do we just go ahead and, uh, cancel it now or, uh, put it on, just like, go ahead and put it on. You know, those are the two options. And, uh, I think I was the guy that was like, dude, you need to just let them force your hand, like, just be straight up with them. Like, are you guys going to cancel if the rain is coming down and I need to know now because like you said, you didn't want to wait till Friday even and everybody show up to the campground or, you know, half the field show up to the campground and they're camping that night and, you know, prepping for the race on Saturday. And then you have to send out the email then. And, you know, who knows who really gets it? Cause even I didn't even really think about this then, but the survey is kind of, the service is kind of crappy out there. So yeah. that would have been a concern. Um, but yeah, I think in the end, uh, just, ha just what we saw on Saturday, um, that this, the park made the right decision for themselves. And even though some runners could have definitely braved it, you know, we're, we're just that type of 
that type of sport, you know, we could have got out there and probably had just a fine race. But um, just the fact that it could have been, you know, one person slipped and fall and had something go wrong is probably the best call. So, All right. yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we can say that after putting on the back end. <laughs> yeah. The back end was just a freaking mud fest for like two, three miles of the course. That was an right. insane race. Um, I wasn't like concerned about someone slipping and falling like in the mud. Like that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, more so like people falling off the ledges. Right. Like just people being dumb on their own and going to the edge. Because I don't know if you've looked, but when we were on the Canyon Edge, Canyon Edge when it was dry, there's a cl- there's it caves in under the ground where you stand to where if it was wet and you were standing on the edge, it could cause a that whole area to just fall down. To right. The so I mean, other than that one area and people being stupid. I wasn't too worried about the rest, but that one area did concern me. Um, but yeah, we just found, we like drove around. We like, <laughs> we're waiting for this guy to come out of the trail, um, to get the answer. And we like pretty much demanded the answer. Like, what's your answer? If it rains, are you really going to cancel right now? And I explained like, that's pretty uncommon in our sport for it to get canceled due to rain. <laughs> but um, and one other thing I'll say is, and you and I talked about this, you know, right after it got canceled was like, even we were feeling that like, oh, it sucks, man. We, the race is canceled. And now we don't have anything to do on Saturday. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> our bodies, our bodies, or at least mine, it's kind of prepared to, to grind it out in terms of trail marking and, uh, you know, race set up. And then the Saturday race just being out there all day with you guys. Um, you know, I think you were pretty ready to think race directors getting that mindset that, you know, a big event is about to be put on. So I gotta be at my, I gotta be at the top, be at my best ability. Yeah, dude, it's a lot of physical freaking effort, dude. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. have to mentally prepare yourself. It's like, it's like going into, which I've never done it, but this is what I would think it'd be like. It'd be like going into a week's phase of military training. And it's like, okay, this week it's going to be hard. We got a bunch of physical and mental hard task to complete. And we're going to get it done. And like you get prepared. That's kind of like an extreme scenario. Or if you got like an extreme week of training, it's like your, your peak week and you got these big long runs, like you're prepared for it. And so it was like that. And then it was just like taken out from our hands without our control. So, yeah, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty upset about it. And my feelings were pretty hurt for a couple hours. But, you know, guys, we, we cool off pretty quick. Asher and I did a bike ride at sunset out there and it was like a freaking movie. We hopped out on the highway, man. And it was the smoothest road I've ever been on on a bike. It was just smooth, wide open. Cars were going in the other lane for us, passing by. And the sun was setting, and you could see all the plateaus, the red plateaus and the red dirt, and all the green shrubbery and the cows running in the fields. 
And then I look ahead and it's just a beautiful, long, flat road. And I step on it and I'll start going real fast, going 30 miles an hour on my bike. And then it's just like, it was just like a movie. It was insane, dude. It was like a movie. You got And then that next morning, we, uh, we got up and we grinded out 30 miles of bike riding again because Briston was like, dude, it's so beautiful. We can't miss out on a second bike ride. Yeah. And um, I, I think we got our, I think we got our time or we spent our time wisely, even though we weren't able to put on a race. So. We enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Asher's like a freaking girl in the morning. I got up at six something or seven, whatever. And in five minutes, I was ready. Asher took like 20 or 30 minutes to get ready for a bike ride. Okay, buddy. Walk to the bathroom with a towel or something. I don't know what you were doing with that towel to wipe your butt or what. But Uh, you went to the bathroom and then you came back and then you piddled around for 15 minutes and then you got on your bike. All right, this is what happened, y'all. The night before, Briston told me, he was like, all right, at 6.15, I need you to wake me up. And I was like, all right, I can do that. So I set my alarm for like 6.15, and I was sleeping on the ground that night. I actually I cowboy camped, and Briston was in his tent. So lo and behold, 6.10 rolls around, and my boy is up, and he's been up for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm not making Briston up. And so I'm thinking our start time is 6:30. So his his uh his margin of time is between six and six thirty. And he's like, well, Asher hadn't been up for for 30 minutes when in reality I hadn't used my 15 minute block yet to get up and do all my stuff. So okay. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> I just didn't think it needed to take that long as a man to get ready, but Okay. It's like you're like my wife, dude, taking 40 minutes to get ready. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, those bike shorts are, are uh, tough to get on, bro. It is a slip on, dude. Come on, it's <laughs> fine, anyway. So, yeah, we we went out, we biked out from the park, and Asher's a beast, dude's like was freaking hammering it, and I was gassing out behind him, he was chilling. <laughs> um, but we we biked to a town called. What was it called? Kroll. Yeah, Kroll. Kroll, yeah. Texas. It was a small little town. We stopped in an Allsup's, got some drinks and stuff 10 miles in. And then we went to Margaret, Texas. And that was on like a little two-lane back road out just out in the country. It was really pretty. Um, and this is an area to where when you look out, it's grasslands. But then when you look out, it's all like these red dirt plateaus. And in the distance, you can see these two, there's really three of them, but these two really tall hills that stick up. You could probably call them mountains. And Asher and I nicknamed them the nipples because when we were first going to Chupacabra the first year, we looked out and it looked like two nipples sticking out of the ground. And I uh, I told Asher, how far do you think that is from this road? He was like, oh, it's probably like a mile. I was like, no, dude, that's like three miles. And we ended up looking it up and ended up being like five miles away from the road. It's all about perception. But uh, anyways, you could see the two nipples out there. Just imagine two giant red dirt hills, probably about a foot, a football field, a football field and a half tall. 
um, okay. just out in the distance with some beautiful plateaus and break areas. Uh, we went through the little town of Margaret that seemed like it had like five house functional houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which that was pretty cool. And then we biked back to the park um, from the road there. It was just, it was a court ride. It was pretty. We did 30 miles. And honestly, dude, 30 miles, like I was hungry after, but it wasn't too hard. Like I've gotten to her 30 miles is pretty comfortable. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't think you really start getting into that long range ride until you hit about 60. And then it's like, all right, I'm out here for two, three hours, like getting after it. Well, three hours. Um, If only running was like that. Yeah. <laughs> you could, yeah only dude. if you could run for 30 minutes and it's just like, nah, this is nothing. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, one more thing on those, on the nipples. So I don't know if you remember from that little brochure from the Copper Break State Park where the Chupacabra Trail Race is, but uh, it says that the those Indian mounds, or those mounds are like Indian mounds, and the Indians believed that there were spirits that hung around there. I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. Oh. Little, you remember yeah. that? So I that's remember, what they were talking about. Yeah, I remember reading about that. I didn't know that's what it was talking about. Yep. It had like healing spirits or something, right? That's what they were saying. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, from a biblical point of view, how I see it, if it's not of God, then it's of the devil. <laughs> like, there's no in-between. Well, yeah. there is an in-between. If it's not of God, it's either nothing or it's of the enemy. Yeah. In that case, dude, here's the thing. In that case, within the Native American culture, it's really hard to say because they knew there was some type of creator because of nature, right? Like Paul says in the New Testament, he says that nature is the evidence of a God. But at the same time, they weren't ever showed or that we know of, right? Except for when the white men came and shared the gospel with them. They weren't really showed the gospel, but at the same time, I've heard stories of, of Jesus appearing to people all over the world. Like, literally, Jesus right now, I've seen stories of Jesus appearing to Muslims, apparently, over <laughs> in that side of the world. So, like, and I've heard stories, like, I actually, I heard from a guy, um, a really well-known guy that, uh, here in town. Um, he, he He's a very well-respected man. He told me that there's stories of Indians that when white settlers came and shared Jesus with them, they said, Oh, we already know about him. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So anyways, but as far as like, you know, these healing spirits and stuff, um, I would just say like, as if you're listening as a, as a listener, if you see anything like healing stones, healing this and that, just remember, if it's not of God, it's not of Him, and it's either nothing or of the enemy. I think that's a good, good, good thing to stick by. That's biblical, at least, um, yeah. because you're not you're not leaning on the Creator of the universe. You're leaning on some other source. Not saying you can't take medicine and all that, right? That's natural. That's just nature. But when it comes to spiritual healing, let's just say, I know this is like way wacky off the off the off the trail here but 
I think it's something that needs to be addressed because, you know, there's these healing stones to where if you just sit by them, you'll get healed, right? There is, I believe there is a, such a thing as um, demonic influence or demonic spirits. I mean, they're real. In the New Testament, Jesus talked about casting them out, right? And we know people, we know because there's movies based off the true stories of people that were are legitimately and have been possessed by demons, right? And so, like, there is some crazy, weird spiritual stuff. The Bible talks a lot about it, actually. But with that, I would just say, when it comes to all things, just, you know, depend on God and don't worship the creation, but the, make sure your worship is towards the creator, aka right. God. You got anything on that? Um, yeah, I think we in large part focus on our mind and our body uh, as a culture. We're like, all right, I got to get my exercise in and I got to take care of my mental health. And I think a big part. So the big, the big one of the three is mind, body, spirit. And three of um, seven <laughs> and one. Yeah. And one of the, and that's a key factor in the health of your mind. And so, so many people are, and your physical, right? You got to be spiritually aligned to, um, you know, be able to complete the everyday task of, you know, going and working out and the everyday task of, you know, having a good outlook on what your day is and what your life's purpose is and, you know, how much influence or what type of influence you're going to have on others. And so we miss out on the spirit aspect of it. And yeah. just for the listener out there, I've never had a more fulfilling or a more fulfilled spirit than whenever my focus is on God. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I actually listened to a really good video and I won't go long about this, but I listened to a really good video long or a little while ago that was talking about this guy. He got into these Eastern practices and he was pretty much just enthralled with, or just he immersed himself in every Eastern practice. And I'm not saying that, you know, you should totally rot out those things of your life, but you should seriously consider, are these things actually fulfilling or is it just a placeholder? And my spirit actually isn't, you know, being quelled because of these things. Is there something more fulfilling out there for me? I think everyone should ask themselves that question. Um, anyways, this guy, he, at the end of all of it, he was like, I'm unfulfilled. And I think the only answer is Jesus. And sure enough, mm. that was the case. So that's where I'll leave it. Yep. I'll say one more thing, too. I was getting my blood taken yesterday. And if you guys know me, I am not a, I'm not a good uh, coping guy with blood. As far as like when people talk about it, I, I could like see it and deal with it from another person or me, myself. But when it comes to unnatural ways of blood being disposed, I get really weird. I had to get my blood drawn yesterday because Carly took me to the doctor and told me the morning of, hey, we're taking blood today. Don't eat. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Anyways, I told her I wasn't going to do it. 30 minutes later, she comes back to work for us to go to the doctor. And I just sucked it up and said, whatever, I'm going to try to do it. So we go. And literally, like, 
as I'm sitting on the table and she's going to take my blood, I'm like taking deep breaths, trying to calm myself. Cause last time I did this for the NCAA, I almost passed out. My, my face turned pale and I almost passed out. So I was laying there and, you know, before I'd asked God, like, God, help me overcome this. Like, this is something I shouldn't be like worried about. Um, but I had like really bad anxiety about it, I guess, because I was like, I was shaking on the table, dude. Like the doctor lady, she was like, you're shaking. Um, I was like, yeah. And Carly, she was trying to calm me. I was like, Carly, just stop. Just stop. So I put my hat down over my eyes and I was just, I stuck my arm out. She put the thing on, stuck the needle in. But dude, I, I don't know why. <laughs> but I was thinking worst case scenario. I was like, Carly, if I die, I'll go on to be with the Lord. Worst comes to worst. But then I was like, that's actually not too bad. But then, um, no, I started like calling on the name of the Lord, dude. I was like, she stuck it in and I was like, praise the Lord. And uh, I was like, Ooh, God is good. <laughs> you know, I was just calling on God. And honestly, dude, it probably 30 seconds to a minute went by. She pulled it out, put a bandaid on and I was good, dude. Like I was good. And there's actually a verse that talks about like, call on the name of the Lord and he'll get you through your, you know, whatever you're going through. Um, and I was like, that literally happened for me, dude. Like I was just calling on the name of the Lord and he helped me through it. But yeah, that just, but at the same time I had an ultimate peace, bro. Like in that moment I had a peace, ultimate peace. Like literally I could have died in that moment, even though I was getting my blood taken, I wasn't going to die. But if I were to die, I was in complete peace at that moment. I was in full channel, full focused on God. And I had complete peace. And that's just to tie it back into what you said about that guy. How Jesus is the only thing that fulfilled his life after trying all these different things. And so we'll wrap it up there. We're way over our time, but it's okay. Because we're talking about the good news. So Long episode. Yeah. Anyways, that's enough of that. Good combo. Asher, you got anything? Happy trails, y'all. See you at East Texas. Wait. East Texas will be done by now. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope East Texas went well for you. (laughs) Yeah, East Texas Ultra Race. um, By the time this releases, would have happened two days before. Anyways, we'll see y'all later, and we'll talk to y'all next week. See y'all next Monday on Shooting the Bull.